Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. And you can find us on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. We're also on Blurred.com, our partners. Their website is about nerd culture from a black cultural lens. My name is Brendan, and I'm joined by Marquita. Hey! And Mel will join us a little later. It's been almost two months since our last show, and obviously a lot has happened. So we're going to start off with our reactions to Sony's PlayStation 5 Future of Gaming event. Then we're going to move on to our overall reactions to the most recent uprisings around the world, as well as our thoughts on where pop culture could and should go in this new era. Before that, we want to celebrate our second anniversary. Yay! Really want to thank the ladies, uh, Mel and Marquita, Sky, who I hope will be joining us soon, Doc Hurt and Draper for helping me out and just sticking with me. It's been a really fun journey so far. Here's to two more years. You're welcome, Brendan. All right. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into it. The PS5. First, I want to talk about the look. How do you feel about it? Seto Kaiba. That's my answer to that. It is literally as if Seto Kaiba took one of his suits and ran electricity through it. <laughs> yeah, I, I dig it. Uh, I think just looking at it straight on, it's a little strange. But when the camera traveled around it in the trailer, I was on board. I I think it looks futuristic. Love it or hate it, they took a risk as opposed to here's a black box as usual. It does look way better than the new Xbox, that's for sure, in my opinion. Yeah. It lays on its side. Apparently, it's one of the tallest, longest consoles ever made. Mm-hmm. I like that it has a digital version with no disc tray. Mm. And I download all my games, so I hope the digital version has more storage space or it's cheaper. Yeah. Or they make storage space available like the cloud, like Mm. affordable, I guess, so you can buy more. That'd be quite useful. I'm not sure if they're going to use the cloud for this special SSD. Are they? No, I I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but it would just, like, I think it would be kind of useful because I find myself running out of storage. Right. And I am, like, I'm definitely going to be buying The Last of Us in two days, but I also have to buy, like, a $90, you know, hard drive, like, external hard drive for mm. it. So it would be nice if I didn't have to get something physical, mm. you know. Let's uh, Let's go into the showcase itself. I thought it was good. I think maybe I'd give it a a B. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't terrible, but I don't know. I I had I've just literally bought my PS4. When did like, you buy it? I forgot. Uh December 2018. Okay. So I think I was quite slow to jump on the PlayStation bandwagon. Mm-hmm. So I think for me I'm still on my PS4. But We'll see, because a lot of the games coming out on PS5, like, are, I'm definitely looking forward to them. Mm-hmm. Like, Horizon Forbidden West, looking forward to that. The new, uh, the new Spider-Man was revealed too, right? Right. Yeah. Let's. I want to get into that really quick. Uh, well, let's say that for. Let's put a pin in that. I want to go back to 
some small problems with the showcase mm-hmm. itself, and we'll and we'll get to the games a little bit a little bit later. I think overall the showcase had something for everybody. The disadvantage of this generation showcase, however, is that for many of its amazing aspects, they weren't able to demonstrate them on our regular computers. So the event itself was shown in 1080p and 30 frames per second. So the 4K quality that it's supposed to be for these next-gen consoles didn't register. Mm. Of course, having that 4K quality at 60 frames per second also didn't, didn't register. We don't have 3D audio capabilities either which is what the PS5 is touting. And the only thing that stood out as a, uh, that is different uh, kind of moment was Ratchet and Clank jumping through dimensions with no load time or stutter. But the gameplay itself felt like the standard jump and shoot mechanics. So I want to see how that plays into the story or puzzle solving like Metroid Prime 2. I don't know if you ever played that game, but it had a light and dark world and how you could kind of go between and manipulate things. So let's get into the games. So we're going to start off with Spider-Man. Mm. Miles Morales. He's growing up. Oh. Got a got a lining finally. Yeah, <laughs> he got so. What, what is that? He's got a fade. Like <laughs> it's, not, it's not a fade. He just has a has a lining now. Because right. in the old game, he just had this this arch across his head. Oh man, he's growing up. Yeah, there's been some confusion about what this game actually is, though. Have you have you been reading about that? Mm-mm. Someone I think from Sony in Europe said that this was an expansion on the original game. So it seemed like they were going to remaster the 2018 game and just have kind of a Miles Morales expansion in it. So it, was a, it wasn't really about him at all. But then there's been some clarification saying that it will be a smaller experience than the 2018 game similar to Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy. Have have you played those games? I'm still on Uncharted 1. Okay. But I know about them. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give this a slight side-eye because Lost Legacy starred a black woman and another POC character, and they weren't given a full game either. Mm. But in this new game, there are some new things like weather changes. Um, he has the Venom Strike and the camouflage in his arsenal, so that's dope. It could certainly help with stealth missions. I wonder if he can only kind of control the stealth mode for a short amount of time to kind of add difficulty to the game. Maybe he can expand the time as like an unlockable in the game. Are there any games that stuck out to you besides Horizon? Oh. Or we can talk about Horizon first if you want. I mean... I'm very picky with my games. I think you know that I'm very picky. So, like, I've been standing pretty much uh, The Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. which is coming out in two days. I've heard some some things about it, though. Not spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it, but I've I've heard people love it, and I've heard folks who have been disappointed. I've It seems that when it comes out, it's going to be a polarizing game, as opposed to the first one, which was kind of unanimously praised. I've already pre- I've already preloaded it, so I'm all in for it. Really? Oh, yeah. You already got it? It's already at home. I, I just have to, whenever the countdown counts down, I'll, I'll be ready. <sighs> I get the, I, I wanted to get the physical copy. So. Nah. Yeah. But um, I've been standing The Last of Us for so long, and then Horizon Zero Dawn, or sorry, Horizon Forbidden West, mm-hmm. when I saw that trailer, I, like, oh, that game was so beautiful. It was gorgeous. Like, I played through, I played through every single part. I binged it. 
I did nothing else except work, go home, play that game. Did you platinum it? Hmm? Did you platinum the game? What do you mean? Do all the side missions and everything. I I did everything that I could, but not to like gold level, <laughs> like but I I did all of the DLCs and all of that. Like was it the Frozen Wilds? Mm-hmm. I finished all that. Yeah. I never got that DLC. It's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. On the note of Horizon Zero Dawn, I want to point out that most of the games in this showcase were l- led by non-white men. Mm. And I'm going to circle back to the game that came after Spider-Man, which was Gran Turismo 7. Are you a racing fan at all? No. I'm not really a big sim person either. I prefer arcade racers. Um, but I know there are a lot of fans out there for it. Compared to 6, I could definitely see more detail in the environments, but not enough was shown in the gameplay and the video itself to show why it's significantly different yet. But to go back to the games starring non-white men, the next game after Gran Turismo was Project Athea from Square, which is a woman, uh, featured a woman possibly racially ambiguous. And then it followed up with the game starring a cat, Oh, yeah, that's the game that I wanted. Stray. I'm excited for that. Um, Then after that, Returnal stars a slightly older woman than who we're used to with characters like Ellie and Aloy. She crashes on a planet and has to fend for herself against aliens and possibly herself. Mm -hmm. There's kind of like an edge of tomorrow aspect where she keeps waking up, but every time she wakes up, part like it feels like the the planet is starting to merge with her consciousness. Mm Mm-hmm. It feels similar to that Netflix movie, Annihilation. Have you? Yeah. Yeah? And this game is Sackboy. Again, not a white man. It kind of looks like Yoshi's Woolly World. Have you seen that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really trying to match Nintendo's energy with those designs. And I it thought it was pretty cool. Mm. Destruction All-Stars features a diverse roster of characters that feels like Roller Derby and Twisted Metal. You can get out of your vehicles like Titanfall and destroy the cars too. That was really neat. The next game, Kenna Bridge of Spirit stars an Asian girl with POC developers talking. And I was like, damn, Sony, y'all are really going for it. And Kenna seems to be in like an answer to Zelda. And then there was that anime female furry game, Goodbye Volcano High or something like that. It was like a high school game and... Nah, was it on Newgrounds or something? like <laughs> Newgrounds? What do you mean? Like I'm I, all the like a lot of the games from when I was younger. If they weren't on console, they were on Newgrounds. It sounds like a Newgrounds type of game. Like. I don't know. It has a. I mean, the art is really interesting. It feels like a moving cartoon. Mm. There wasn't any hint of gameplay. Mm. It was just kind of just a trailer about some animal women in high school, and just them at like a beach or something. I have no idea what it's about. Okay, so B stars at the beach. Got it. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I have no opinion on that yet. Tokyo Ghostwire mm. seemed very different from the original trailer, but I really want to get my hands on that game. Jet Far Shore is a space exploration game where you're trying to find a suitable planet for your people to move to. Mm. I think that genre needs more love, just overall space exploration, combat. I miss space combat games, which I may get to a little later with Star Wars Squadrons. Very excited for that. Annapurna Interaction has a new game called Solar Ash. Do you remember that game? Mm-mm. It kind of reminded me of Journey, uh-huh. which was a phenomenal game. I, I like the art direction of this one. I, I definitely want to see more from that. I need to play Journey. It's great. Mm. Great game. 
Little Devil Inside from Neil Storm looks Zelda-esque. The mm-hmm. art direction really looks cool. And then we got to our first snag, which was Bug Snacks. Never heard of it. So hold on. Have you have you watched the the actual reveal event or no? I watched bits and pieces of stuff that I was interested in, but I didn't see Bug Snacks. Oh, you didn't watch the full thing? No. And that's when Mel comes in. Hi, Mel. What's Hi, up? Mel. Are you enjoying this show so far? You know, I've had a few folks come up to me and they ask, Oh, Brendan, how can I get into podcasting? I hear your podcast and it makes me want to try it too. I'm glad you asked. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other streaming services. You can make money from your podcast with minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R period F-M to get started. Hi, Mel. Hi, what's up? Oh, sorry. Hello. What's up? Good, good. We'll get to Mel in a second. We're gonna yeah, just finish going. up our PS5 convo and then, yeah. Do your thing. So I just want to clarify. So you haven't watched the actual event in full. You just watched different things that that you that just I guess came out on your newsfeed or something or. Yeah, like at at that moment when it came out, I was busy, so I was like, oh, I have to watch it, but then I have to do this other thing. So I watched bits and pieces. Okay, got but it. Okay. I'm planning on uh, looking at the full list later on of games okay. and whatnot. I was just kind of caught off guard. I thought I thought you had watched it all. So I was like kind of, have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? No. So it's okay. <laughs> well, just, just get back to me later. I have a life, Brendan. <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, I want to talk about Deathloop really quick. Did you watch anything about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the second time we see POC developers on screen. And this is a game starring two black people, black man and black woman. Ooh. And this, fear, this feels very much like Dishonored with kind of a black exploitation vibe. So I'm, I'm curious about it. Resident Evil 8. My Biff is excited for that. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Um, Your Biff? This is like a Back to the Future reference? Yep, Biff. Biff. Uh-huh, okay. But yeah, Resident Evil 8, it may follow the Resident Evil 4 Las Plagas storyline. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. And moving on to Pragmata from Capcom. Mm. Post-apocalyptic games are my thing. So this looks really intriguing. It isn't exclusive, though, but that's all good. And yeah, Horizon, beautiful game. You know, Lance Riddick is back. Love, love Lance Riddick. Mm-hmm. But I don't know enough about the gameplay yet to get super hype. And, and it'll probably come out 2002, 2023 anyway. And that leads to the big question. Are you going to buy this on day one? It depends on what kind of trailers are released and what we are able to see in terms of gameplay. Okay. For me. Um, Marcus Brownlee, who is the best uh, tech reviewer on YouTube, um, he did a video, I think I want to say early this year or late last year about whether we've reached smart, whether we've reached peak smartphone or not. And I kind of turned that question onto video games and my answer, just like his, is yes and no. And if you look back at all the games that we've talked about, uh, folks back at home, and the gameplay doesn't look that much different 
at all from the last generation's experiences. So I'm actually, for me personally, going to wait a while. I'm thinking maybe two years or so until I see something that truly taps into the hardware. Some people have asked me what it would take to maybe even switch over and buy an Xbox. And I've decided, looking back at the original Xbox's Mm -hmm. launch, I want an exclusive Jet Set Radio sequel. I agree. Then you got me. Mm. But really nothing that was shown... I mean, Spider-Man is still Spider-Man, whether it's got a black skin on it or not. Mm. No, it's not buying an X, uh, a PS5. No. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm from the generation where console gaming was for jocks. Like, I went to a computer programming high school to study programming, and the people who did console gaming were not blurs. <laughs> okay. So I, I never really got into the whole console gaming thing, but it sounds cool. Okay. I may or may not have been a little bit late on purpose because I was just going to be sitting here kind of blinking at you both like, great, P.S. That's that's cool. I'm joking, but. (laughs) Let's move on. Of course, Sony's event was delayed because of protests around the world Mm -hmm. sparked by the murder of George Floyd. And to a lesser degree, Breonna Taylor, and I say unfortunately because her story, like countless others, is very tragic but was given far less attention than it deserved. Um, her murderers still aren't arrested. There have been a number of deaths since all this popped off, only adding to the proverbial and literal fire. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I told you to flag me first so I can pause. Okay. Why are you whispering? You're gonna cut the whole thing out anyway. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know, know where I stopped talking. <laughs> can I cough again? Yes, please. I'm saying you can cough. <laughs> fucking tell me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? I'm leaving this in here. I'm leaving it in here. <laughs> sorry, guys. Oh, no. That was all me. You know, let's let's we'll, you know add some levity as we regroup to okay, the so... to the seriousness. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, this was a horrible time to have a laughter break for us all to catch the sillies, y'all. Blame it on the stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, That's okay. cool. That's cool. Um. Yeah. I think. Um. I think the reason these protests have been as large and sustained as they have been is because it's joined by COVID-19 and the recession. There's a good article from Left Voice about that and how this is shaping class struggle. It's easier to stay out in the streets if you don't have the fear of losing a job you already lost. It's easier to organize and protest when when you aren't exhausted from leaving work. Of course, we should be protesting a number of issues just as hard, climate change, our healthcare system, getting immigrants out of cages, women's equality, etc. But under capitalism, it's been harder to do that until mm-hmm. now. Now people have more time than they've had in a long time, and we are already seeing changes around the world. And hopefully that's just the beginning. Mm, yeah, but I think a lot of it's also just the energy pent up from people being bored in the house the whole quarantine. Everybody was frustrated and you can't fight a germ. So, OK, why not fight racism? As a matter of fact, when I first saw all of the protests happening and I noticed that it was more than just the regular like black people who've always been doing the work mm-hmm. protesting and acting on this. I was talking with about it with some friends and they were like, yeah, it's because there's no when you take away everybody's hobbies suddenly they become interested in politics. Mm. And I think that's all, honestly, it's a cynical read, but I do think it's also definitely a part of it. It's that sure. everybody's already got all this pent-up tension from being inside yeah. and dealing with a pandemic that then is channeled, positively in my opinion, 
towards the issue of race. It's an interesting situation and police brutality by extension. But yeah, it's an interesting situation. It's yeah. like a snowball effect. Like you don't know what else is going to happen. Like, you know, all of a sudden the pandemic started. Then, you know, we have another sad case of police brutality. And now like we have, you know, lots of other things popping up and politically, uh, even here in like between the North and South Korea, like they they what they they blew up a building on the border or something uh, no it's actually a building in north korea right. they yeah. demolished the building i don't know if the it's yeah. not clear if they blew it up or if they demolished it properly yeah like, but basically it's the inter-korean transit po- commerce point right? yeah so then there's that and then there's the the whole thing going on with hong kong and the, it's just a whole like 2020 is just showing all like out. i said next month the nazgul will ride so I'm yeah. waiting for the zombie virus. Like, I'm ready for the zombie virus. I was not ready for COVID, but I'm ready for the zombie virus. Well, at this point, what's the difference? You can even <laughs> climb up, climb up two, two floors. How are you going to be ready for a zombie virus? I have a team in my head, Brendan. I'm ready. I, believe me, I'm ready. I have a team. I... I'm not ready for the zombie virus. Everybody, remember how a couple of years ago everybody was doing that thing where they were like, well, if there was a zombie apocalypse, who would you be? I'd be dead. I have no uh, no compunctions about that. I'm I'm a professional nice person. I would die in three seconds. A zombie would eat me. I would not be in the story. I have a so, plan. I mean, honestly, it was always funny to me to hear people who were like fry cooks at Burger King who are like, I would totally be like the guy with the baseball bat standing on a truck just mowing the zombies down. Man, I'm like, no, you and and me would be dead. We're harmless. We're not peaceful. We're harmless. We don't have the capability to do anybody any damage. So the defund the police and military effort. Wow, what is wrong with us? (laughs) Wow. Is uh, gaining momentum. It's been a lot. It has. I mean, it's hard to be serious about this because, okay, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's hard to be entirely serious about this because it's like it's reached critical mass within myself. Yeah. This is something I've been talking about, working on, thinking about doing stuff for four years at this point. When did Trayvon Martin die? 2014. Yeah, so since 2014, this has been in the front of my mind and heart. And now, suddenly white people noticed. And it's a big trend and everybody's talking about it and making anti-racist book lists and blah, blah, blah. And that's great, but... It's almost, it, I'm almost nervous to take it seriously Yeah. because it's almost like it's another trend. I think that yeah. the fact that the pandemic is still going on is going to keep it from becoming that because there's right. never going to be a relief of that tension, at least not in the immediate future. But it's kind of like, okay, this is a trend. In three weeks, you guys are going to be posting about how I met your mother reunions again and nobody's going to care. I hope that's not the case, but that's almost how it feels where I'm, I can already see people are trying to get back to quote unquote normal. And I'm like, I don't want to invest myself in the rest of the world caring about mm-hmm. this until it is obvious that you care for more than three weeks. Right. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, to your point, I was listening to Chapo Trap House and they did talk about how if you're not organized, then the energy people initially come with will dissipate or it will be funneled into more compromised organizations. So our goals are here. I was mentioning defunding the, the police and the military. Um, we just need to keep our eyes on the prize and organize and, and fight like hell. I mean, Angela Davis, I've been I've been following her, her interviews mm-hmm. lately, and she's also kind of remarked on how this looks different mm-hmm. compared to what she's seen in her lifetime. So that, mm-hmm. that gives me hope too. Yeah, it definitely does look different. And it's not, but I would disagree with the Chapel Trap House guys in terms of organization because this has never lacked organization. Okay. What it's lacked is bodies. And 
are these bodies involved because it's a trend or because they really believe in these changes and this cause? That's the sticking point for me. Because this, it's been, how long has Angela Davis been alive? It's been organized. It's mm-hmm. been organized for years. Sure. So, I mean, there is something different about this, but I would hesitate to kind of fall back on that whole, well, the movement needs organization. Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. On that note, let's move on to pop culture. Mm. How should pop culture react to this? And I read a Hollywood Reporter article titled Protest, Backlash, and the Failings of a Superhero Culture by Richard Newby, a black man. And he he was dropping some jewels. Have you all seen this article? I've seen the article. I have pretty strong thoughts on it, but keep going. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I do too. There's, there's some things that I agree with, some things that I think he left out that were important, mm-hmm. but um, I'll let you start though. No, go ahead. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start off with a quote he said. He said, as much as I love these stories, that being superhero movies, they do little to actually confront the real and present issues humans are facing and fail to inspire us to reckon with our behavior as myths should. He was talking about how we view villainy in these movies. And he talked about Nazis and how Nazis from Captain America, etc., were seen as kind of an outside force and not confronting America's racism itself. And movie that I really liked, Winter Soldier, talked, you know, it had Captain America in the beginning talking about how S.H.I.E.L.D.'s, what was that, Project Insights, the the spy program? The, yeah, I don't remember the name of it. I'm pretty sure it was Project Insight, mm-hmm. how it drew a parallel with uh, the Patriot Act, and he was against that. But at the end of it, the enemy was really Hydra, some outside force corrupting America, as opposed to America itself, and the government itself being corrupted. And he talked mm-hmm. about how you know, we celebrate these heroes tied to the government like Iron Man and Hawkeye and Black Widow. And they don't really point the microscope at America itself when it really needs to. I have some thoughts about Black Panther, but I'll pause it. Keep going. It, so you got more to go? Okay. Yep. He talked about Black Panther, and I like this quote. He said, Wakanda is an African nation unblemished by slavery, colonization, and a need for reparations. The film, as powerful as it may be in some regards, doesn't aid the perception of Black Lives Matter's cause in America or validate the anger of African-Americans, which I have a slight disagreement with. Even in its role of presenting America with an image of black people to hold on to, it presents an African people on the defensive rather than the offensive. In the film, Wakandans are called upon to defend their country from outside forces led by radicalized black men, no less. But our current situation in America sees maxed black people on the offensive, which is rarely seen, which is a rarely seen image in our superhero media. So I want to add three criticisms of Black Panther. I, I think we've talked about this before. Maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Lay it on us. Number one, um, so I love Black Panther. I think it's great, mm-hmm. but I think there are some things that I do want to address. And number one, invalidating Killmonger's anger and plan by making him abusive to women and children mm-hmm. number two but his that would assume his plan and his his anger may have been valid but his plan was always invalid 
Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole plan of we're just going to kill all the white folks, mm-hmm. and if they don't like it, we'll, or if the children don't like it, we'll, we'll kill yeah. them too. I was totally yeah, I mean, like, like, dude, never, that was that was nuts. People who were like, Killmonger was right. Uh, they're basically admitting to sociopathy, so no thanks. But, oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> I, I think the whole idea of, well, I'll, I'll get there actually okay. a little bit later. Okay, so T'Challa, with all his wisdom and resources, decided to compromise his kind of pacifism with his rival's aggressive uh, ideas to free black people around the world with a community center, you know? That was kind of how the movie ended. And in, in the words of um, Angela, New, uh, Angela Abar's grandfather at the end of Watchmen, mm-hmm. he could have done more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a very... Well, Black Panther is very much a black American movie, which didn't really know what to do with the concept of Africa because it's not really about Africa. It's about mm. black American projections of Africanness, which is fine. So, I mean, I could see where that comes from. At the end, just have a community center because we don't know what Africans can do. We don't know. We're not there. <laughs> so, I mean, it basically was kind of a cop-out at the end for that reason, yes. I think. I think they really um, defanged mm-hmm. the Black Panther. They, Disney yeah. did. Yeah. And my number three... Uh, sorry, let me go back. Yes, so we obviously know that education, which is kind of what they were kind of implying, like if you get educated mm-hmm. in stuff and you can you can make it. No, we obviously know that education and money doesn't stop violence upon black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that goes to no- number three. T'Challa attempts to go through the proper channels, i.e. the UN, to enact change. And the UN is controlled by the US largely, which is the... M- largest racist institution on earth um and there was a recent tweet that resonates here um saying that white people always want us um minorities to go through the proper channels because they control them and know how to keep progress from happening also it assumes that the un is an effective institution and i mean yes. come yes. on now really exactly they're not I as mean, effective exactly. as they should be yeah well i what, what name the last thing the un did exactly i'll wait <laughs> I mean, Owie. it's not that they don't do anything. It's just that the, it acts like this is actually an effective institution for international mm-hmm. diplomacy, and that's not really what the UN does. Exactly. So I finished my 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 words on the article. What did you think about it? Oh, well, I mean, I thought the whole question was bass backwards, like the whole premise of the article. That's not how pop culture works, right? It's not how pop culture works, and I feel like asking that question and giving it that much serious thought is kind of the problem where people really are expecting pop culture to speak for them in a time of actual freaking revolution. That's ridiculous to yeah. me. How do superheroes change after the revolution? Um, Hopefully we have something else. <laughs> right? Are you serious? Like how it's it's I didn't like the article because it posited itself as like this very expansive and well-researched idea. Mm. But it came from such a small, small, small place. And I just thought to myself, so the best you can think is maybe we'll do Nazis better? Are you kidding me? I mean, I just wasn't, I really really wasn't with it. I thought the premise of the article was disappointing, to put it mildly. I saw the headline and was like, is this the best we can do? This is how far ahead you can think? And then just the, the question, like just this whole, I'm not a big fan of people holding pop culture responsible for social change. Mm. Pop culture is a response to social change. People love to bring up the example, for uh, for instance, of the X-Men, uh, Mal- uh, Professor X and Magneto being Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, because that's what Stanley or whoever the creator was. There, was, there were other people involved in the creation mm. of the X-Men. Um, 
were thinking about at the time. But even that is a response to pop culture. Right. So we don't even know or not even to pop culture response to to culture full stop um, on all in, in a lot of different facets. So we don't know where culture is going yet. So we don't know the way that things are going to change because our pop culture is created as a response. Now. You can sometimes make new things as a part of that response. That definitely happens. That always happens. But ultimately, pop culture, pop culture, not all of culture, is a response to what's going on in the larger culture as a whole. So I don't know why he was so married to the idea of how superheroes need to change. Or I don't know why. I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about how pop culture needs to change in general. And of course it's going to change. But the point is, we don't know yet how it's going to change. And I think that our energy would be better spent creating things (laughs) than dissecting how we want to redo all the old shit, basically. Did he actually say that he was kind of looking to them to be a leader though he didn't but that was very much the implication that's very much the implication of that kind of article okay um and just and i've seen a lot of people extrapolate that from Mm -hmm. that article and from others and it's just sort of like why are we looking at pop culture to define our social consciousness Mm. that's what i don't like about it and i just don't really i feel like that's such a cop-out it's weakness ultimately right as people and there are other things to worry about besides where our pop culture is going pop culture is going to do what it does um but you have to be some kind of vulture for that to be your first thought at this time. Fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Is this kind of like similar to the point that Dave Chappelle made? Like if something happens, they always ask what the celebrities think. Like, what does Ja Rule exactly. think on this? Nobody wanted no to hear one from cares. Ja Rule. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, he's just going to, you know, he's just going to mm-hmm. do whatever he does. And mm-hmm. like if he's, you know, supporting whatever's going on, fine. If not, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But why do we care what a celebrity or what someone popular. Let's put a yeah. a pin in that because I do want to go to, mm-hmm. I want to dedicate some time, which we're already over, uh, to, to Dave Chappelle specifically. Um, so we're talking about things that haven't been created yet. And mm-hmm. I was I don't think these things will happen, but I thought about the Spider-Verse movie that will come out in 2022. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a wish, a wish. I don't think they're going to really put this in the movie, mm-hmm. but... Um, Miles' dad is part of New York's police force. Mm -hmm. And, you know, could they possibly, they have maybe timed, could they have a scene about Miles talking to his dad about that? Um, Does Miles have the right to talk about that if he himself is on the streets brutalizing possibly Mm -hmm. petty criminals? That may not be explored, but, because it's a comedy. But that would be interesting if they could include something of that nature. Mm -hmm. I don't want to rip up old shit, but we, t- we talked about Bad Boys 3 mm-hmm. this year and, you know, the scene where rogue cop Mike just busts through a door without a warrant and pulls a gun out on a man under the influence and threatens to shoot him. That hasn't aged well, has it? Not at all. I mean, even even, <laughs> I mean, even, when, was, even when, when I saw it, I was taken out. But looking back at it ago. now, exactly. Looking <laughs> wow. at it now, you're like, wow, this is mm-hmm. really bad. Mm-hmm. And we're cheering this on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> take, two, take your time. I didn't really need to be another reason to be mad that I spent money on that movie, but here we are. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, can we watch those kind of movies the same way again now? Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I've never watched a Beverly Hills Cop movie, so I don't know how mm-hmm. that. Neither have I. How that's aged? They've aged really badly, but okay. not as badly as uh, oh, what is it? Forty eight. Oh, what's the one he did with Nick Nolte? Eddie Mur- yeah, Forty Eight Hours. Have you seen that? No. Nope. Okay, I had never seen it, and it was always like. 
posited to me like a buddy cop movie in the same vein as mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cop, which are funny, but you're right, they haven't aged well. Eddie Murphy is still incredibly charming and charismatic and funny, but those movies have problems. But 48 Hours and another 48 Hours, those movies are straight up racist. Okay. Like Nick Nolte is straight calling Eddie Murphy every racial slur. Like racial slurs I didn't know actually existed. I'm like Googling what is a jungle bunny. Like it freaking crazy, right? Like those movies are awful. I don't know how. Well, I mean, I guess it just goes to show how much things have changed since the 80s. But yeah. So, of course, all of those, I think any movie involving police officers is going to age poorly from this point onward. Yeah. Which is kind of a good thing. Yes, I totally, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, I want to move on to, do you guys have anything else to say about movies or TV shows? Well, I just hope we finally get over our obsession with the with vigilante justice. I was talking with a friend about this the other day. American culture is so violent at its core and it's so abnormal when you compare us to other developed countries. Mm-hmm. We're so violent and, we, and you can kind of see it in the fact that we've got this whole superhero cult like in our pop culture where we all really believe that vigilante justice is in some in some way whether figurative or literally acceptable. Like that's Kind of a crazy idea when you think about it. It's fun to watch. Mm. But, you know, there's been this Twitter thread going around with um, people kind of clowning Batman because basically Batman's just Elon Musk in a costume. Um, You know, like, you know, Batman's supposed to be a massive superhero, but the Joker's been giving him work with a tire iron and Fenty lipstick for 30 years. (laughs) Right. I mean, like, there's a lot of tweets like that. It's a really funny thread. But when you think, I mean, and I've said this before, when you think about it, Batman is kind of a nightmare. I mean, that's a ridiculous idea for a superhero. Love him. I I love him, too. But when you really unpack the idea of what Batman is and what Batman does, that says something really twisted about American culture, that that's such an enduring superhero. So I hope that I hope we get to something beyond superheroes. And I've been saying that for a while because I kind of feel like after Endgame, I'm over superheroes. We've it's it's seen it's I feel like the whole concept of the superhero has run its entire cycle within our culture. And Mm. now whoever comes after us is going to do something different. And I'm excited about that. I don't know what it is. It might be lame. It might be pirates like the Watchmen, the comic. But, you know, it's not for us. But it is something different is the idea. Sure. Mm -hmm. I just like what you said about Batman because I was just thinking the whole time his superpower is white privilege. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's his only superpower. Imagine. You're a random black guy in an alleyway buying weed, and Batman comes out of nowhere and breaks your arm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of thing he does. That's his whole... Where'd like, you get it from? Talk. Exactly, exactly. Hangs you upside <laughs> down. Down the no street. Reason. From like, the dispensary. I don't <laughs> exactly, care. Exactly. I think what would be more interesting is, you know, there, there was a tweet about uh, Batman has half of his cowl off so, so like, cops know he's white. Oh, <laughs> I saw that. Mm-hmm. And so imagine if this was a black dude just brew like, because he's beat up cops, too, mm-hmm. and effed up their cars. They mm-hmm. gave him chase, and he's effed them up. Yeah. They would have they found his ass quick. Oh, of course. You know, mm-hmm. Well, notice Black Panther is, is a superhero whose entire face is covered. He might be in Wakanda, but, you know, he has that whole helmet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't know. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Okay, so so I want to quickly move on (laughs) to rap music. Mm. Um, So I was going to plug this in a little bit later, but I wrote a thought piece. It's titled, Rap Needs to Radically Transform to Meet This Radical Moment. And to your point, I'm not necessarily looking for rap to lead people, Mm -hmm. but to support people. Sure. So once COVID hit, I thought about how poverty will worsen 
and how the chase the bag turn up messages so prevalent in mainstream rap won't be as received as favorably. And once the uprising started and Minneapolis burned a police station, I was like, there's no going back from this. At least I hope. Mm-hmm. And we need music that addresses that. We can't analyze racism without class, and the antiquated black capitalist message in rap is something that we need to leave behind. So rappers sell this image and dream about if you hustle like them, you can achieve. And that hustle mentality, as I wrote my piece, is a conservative, pull yourself up by your bootstraps talking point in blackface. That's not how capitalism works because it literally requires hierarchy to function. So no matter how hard many hustle, they will never advance. And that's the harsh truth that we need to acknowledge. Many black people criticize white people for whitewashing the legacy of people like MLK Jr. But many of those same black people who are going for for, for this capitalist message, they ignore his own anti-capitalist message that is shared by people like Angela Davis or Malcolm X, WB, Dubois, etc. So we're up against racist and economic crises. And it's I think it's helping people connect these dots better. I was, I was talking about Angela Davis is kind of remarking on the coalitions are more diverse than ever. And I think that's really encouraging. Yeah. So I don't want to just kind of trash rap. Uh, I want to touch on some rap that I've enjoyed since mm-hmm. this has begun. Obviously, Run the Jewels 4 mm-hmm. was a large part of my write-up. It's my favorite album of the year so far. Ellen Mike talk about police brutality, media, media manipulation, school to prison pipeline, the cruelty of ICE, the dangers of capitalism, chasing money, etc. If you haven't heard it, you're really missing out. Mm-hmm. Have you heard any songs I sent you or, or no? I heard a little bit of it. Just a little. What does little mean? Like it's in 10 seconds? Or <laughs> you heard one song? or Do you want me to write a whole dissertation? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just asking. Like, did anything stand out to you or uh, nothing? Okay. It, 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 was a, it was all right. Okay. It was okay. Okay. Do, do you know what song or no? No. Okay. I fine. gotta go back. Have, have, have you heard it? Uh, yeah, I. I mean, rap has always had. Oh, sorry, rap has always had a conscious stream in in some some way, shape, or form. For and sure. I feel like they're kind of the the leading on the leading edge of that for now. Yes. Um, did you see Killer Mike's speech when he was called up to give that speech in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah. I. I mean, I feel like in the context of that album, that most recently released album, I'm like. Mm, Okay, what happened? <laughs> I mean, I understand his, but I also do applaud him for being transparent about his feelings. I mean, on the one hand, I don't want to shit on the man for having feelings. God forbid, we're all in our feelings right now, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, mm, I don't know if that speech reinforced his quote unquote message at all, but does it have to? I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're totally correct. Uh, Killer Mike is also kind of a black capitalist himself off the mic, right? He he mm-hmm. has a barbershop. He's, he has mm-hmm. this joint venture with T.I., like a fried fish Yeah, but, I, you know, that's true. He is. But at the same time, he's funding himself. Right. Yeah. And he's doing a lot. So, right. I mean, it, there's this really I'm I'm also being a black being a black capitalist is not entirely a bad thing because we still have to live and we still right. I mean, the, the work. Art is not free. Social justice is not free as much as we'd like to think so. While our government is not funding us, we got to live some sort of way. True. So You're I don't blame right. him for doing all of those things. Sure. I'm not going to immediately say, oh, black capitalist, Ooh, unclean outcast. Not that. Totally. But, you know, yeah. Totally. <laughs> and I think, you know, I want to get to that a little bit later, but just the whole idea of trash or just calling someone trash, calling something trash, eat just outright. Um, you know, we talked about Dave Chappelle last time and mm-hmm. how I'm, you know, I didn't want to, you know, 
just outright cancel Dave Chappelle. He has mm. some things to offer, which, which we'll talk about yeah. a little bit later. Yeah. But but we'll we'll get there. A I little don't know bit. how you feel, Kita, but I don't want. I think cancel culture needs to be canceled after it cancels political think pieces because those are all stupid and I'm tired of looking at them. Mm. But um, yours was wonderful. Sorry. Thank you. No offense. But sorry. But I'm just was, generally was I'm tired of it. It seems like every time somebody famous says boo there are five thousand think pieces over what the oh, meaning yeah. of the water glistening on the right nostril that's of true. jay-z meant when that's he flew true. somebody to a place oh that's i don't care i'm so sick of think pieces so cancel think pieces and then cancel cancel culture okay let me get back on sorry on, yeah, back on, on track <laughs> do you all know who little baby is yeah okay so little baby i've never heard this guy before he became popular about two years ago in the trap scene and he dropped a great track, uh, I thought, called The Bigger Picture. Um, he, I think he filmed it at an actual Black Lives Matter rally. And he acknowledges what he raps about, but then says that he does need to do better and, I, and we need to do better. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was great. Um, hopefully that inspires people that he listens to or, or that at least, well, hopefully that inspires people who listen to him, um, other rappers his age and his generation. I thought it was really great. Um, something that just came out was J. Cole's song. Trash. Trash. Absolute trash. What no, happened to... Okay. We are going to fight about this. No, one. I'm not going to fight. I <laughs> actually, what happened no. to don't cancel? What happened canceling cancel? No, hold on. No, no, no. We're not going to fight. I'm not, not saying he's fight. canceled. I'm saying that that actual song is garbage. Yeah, like, that's I agree. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak No, I was just so disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, at right now... All uh, of, out of all the times in the world, with everything going on right now, you're going to put out a track whining about how a black woman who wasn't even talking to you hurt your sensitive little fifis. Join our book club. Do better. Ashy. I'm going to say some stuff, but I'm not going to say what I want to say because I really was furious. Like at first I was listening. The beat was nice. I'm not a huge J. Cole fan, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of listening to him occasionally. I started listening and then I just got more and more furious as I mm-hmm. listened because that's the same energy that has men in Black Lives Matter shirts throwing black women into trash cans and putting oh. it on video like it's funny. That's the same energy that got our homegirl killed in L.A. Mm. You know who I'm talking about, right, mm-hmm. Marquita? Yeah. That's that same name. energy where black women are always something to be fought against for not babying your feelings mm. than, rather than somebody to be protected because we are at the front of this movement busting our asses so that we can all do better. Mm-hmm. And black some black men still see us as something to fight with. They see us as combative. They're always policing our tone. But we're out here doing the work. Do the work. Shut up. <laughs> right? Like, it made me furious. I was so angry listening to that. I was mm-hmm. so angry. Like, how dare you did he make a single black lives matter track did he make a a song about george floyd did he make a song about killer mike biffing it at that speech in atlanta no but no name wasn't even talking to him Mm. and he decides he wants to make a low-key faux woke diss track no no thank you i i agree with all that i i didn't listen to the song i've seen i know right surprise yeah (laughs) one of these days you're gonna come here like i totally haven't heard a a rap track yeah one of these days you're gonna be like by the way that rap track and we're gonna die like that'll be the end (laughs) but i i have nothing i have nothing against rap and hip-hop it's just not Mm -hmm. my thing but like i i i've seen some of the reactions Mm -hmm. to it and of course i've been paying attention to what's going on and the only thing that i have to say is i'm absolutely as furious as you Mm -hmm. and black men need to do better period that's it you need to do better like i was just furious disappointed like this is somebody who's posited himself as the voice of woke black men Mm -hmm. and this is what he does i mean okay listen 
I know he's your homie in your head, Brendan. So wait, if wait, you wait. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, number one. Now, wait a minute. No, number one. <laughs> okay. In the very beginning, you said we're going to fight. I'm not going to fight with you, number one. Okay. Number two, I've already said on this show that mm-hmm. I really just started liking him on his last record. Mm-hmm. That was, like, good. Mm-hmm. My thoughts on it, when I first heard it, when I first heard it, I thought about the new book, the book I'm reading. I told you I told you about the, mm-hmm. the book I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um and I also have experiences just like, honestly, with my ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. who, you know, I don't want to put her business out there, but she has some conditions that kind of make her hyper-aggressive. Mm-hmm. And a conversation that could have been solved really easy with just conversation was kind of escalated beyond a point that need, that it needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've dealt with that with a, with a number of people who've apologized uh, after the fact, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... My my feelings on this song are mixed. When I first heard it, I was digging it. I know who it was about, mm. but um, that's the thing. So, yeah, but honestly, even if you take okay. Okay. No just... Name out of it, it's still pretty problematic because again, he's just like he's basically whining because some black woman is not babying him with her tone, and she's again, not talking to him. Again, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I know you don't want to fight, but I'm just seriously. I'm this not, is, I'm yeah. not, I'm and not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to fight I, with you. But I'm I don't disagree saying. with mm-hmm. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. But I'm not letting you talk because, damn it, I'm right. No, anyway. <laughs> You're right, too, but damn it, I'm louder. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, damn it, I lost, lost my train of oh, thought. I love this. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Brendan, this is going to be long. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brendan. You're going to have to edit all this, and we are a mess. I'm sorry. I'll pay you in dinner. I'm cool. Um, so yeah um, I don't know if you know his history with Mm -hmm. other people who have kind of disagreed with him so Mm -hmm. he he sat down with Lil Pump who I think called him a a bitch (laughs) Uh, and he he had like an hour long YouTube conversation with him trying Mm -hmm. to find common ground Mm -hmm. Um, and he's talked about praying for Takashi 6ix9ine and um Triple X, I can't say his name, Ten mm-hmm. Tenas Takashion, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're doing all this stuff for these dudes over here, mm-hmm. but then you come out to it's like the way the way the, the song started off, it was like he was praising this person for being smart, better than him, and I'm not very smart. I'm I'm just, just a normal guy. She's smart and says all this stuff and that's that's good. Mm-hmm. But then he's talking about the Queen's tone. And they spent like half the song kind of saying like, you should do better. Yeah, and dragging he, her down to his level. And that was not like... Not doing better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I will say outright objectively, making a song about this was definitely wrong. Um, Especially like I didn't see those videos with Lil Pump and Takashi, whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to me because Lil Pump isn't black or wasn't black. Is he the one who died? I think that was was that Lil Peep? That was <laughs> Yeah, know. I'm pretty sure Lil Peep died. Okay, Lil so Pump that was Lil Pump. Alive, okay, believe, Lil yes. Pump, I don't know what Lil Pump's ethnicity is. I I'm too old to know who people named Lil, what little people named Lil Pump look like. <laughs> uh, but I'm assuming he's he's black aligned if not actually black. I know that Takashi is not black. Is that the song? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Takashi is not black and he went out of his way to have like nice long dialogues with these young at least one of them is not black men and mm. he didn't do 
I, I don't know who knows what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he did reach out to No Name and she probably did what I would do and say, get out my DMs, go read a book. I have a book club. Right? She might have done that. Who knows? Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. But um, either way, he didn't set up a dialogue with her. He just made a track like right now of all times. He made a whole track trying yeah. to kind of fake woke disser. It just sucks to me. It's and, just and, weak and, energy. And of course, he came and mm-hmm. I heard it. I've only I've only heard it twice now. Mm-hmm. Maybe twice. I heard it at the studio here. Mm-hmm. And he comes around and saying like, "Damn, I." And he kind of says, "I really do need to do better." Mm-hmm. At the very end, um, and so I so I wonder kind of if this is just like him just writing us out like these are my initial thoughts about what you should do, mm-hmm. and then then finally coming around a lot mm-hmm. around to the idea like maybe I was I'm I am tripping. I need to do better. And so maybe that mm-hmm. invalidates the, the first part. I don't know. Um, I, I need to kind of read the genius lyrics and kind of see how that flows. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at it in that in that way. I'm not saying I'm right, but I think the song, while it was definitely wrong, I think when we talk about cancel culture and emotional labor, intellectual labor, mm-hmm. just like my rap, my rap piece says, we have to have an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. But the level of discomfort should never fall on the most marginalized among us. Mm-hmm. And so for J. Cole, a man of a person of privilege as a man, but also someone uh, who faces racism, putting the effort on no name a black woman mm-hmm. is objectively wrong. Yeah. I mean, and I want to be clear. I don't want to cancel J. Cole, mm. make a million more albums. I just want to make it clear that I think he's a little bitch for making that song. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> I'm reading the lyrics mm-hmm. now, and I can definitely see why you're, mm-hmm. why, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, the, I mean, even if he says he should do better at the end of the song, he never actually, he got to that thought process at the end of that song and still thought, oh, let me not do better. Let me release this. Okay, good job. <laughs> you want a cookie for not evolving, even though you think you should? I think it's just, it's so hard because honestly, as... I feel like there's so much, I feel like there's so much pressure on women to do better. And when we do, we get attacked for it. The thing about being a woman in the world the way it is, is that no matter what you do, somebody has something critical to say. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's not true for men. I'm just saying it's worse on women because you have to bust your butt to do anything only to be told you shouldn't have done that. It makes you less attractive to men. Who cares? (laughs) Right. And then the men are collectively not doing better for the most part. Now, I'm not saying that's everybody, but men are collectively just like wanting women to cater to them. And it's it's pathetic. It's pathetic. Do better. I have no time, no space, no patience for weak man energy. Mm-hmm. End of. And that is exactly what is on display in this song as far as I'm concerned. And I think it's it's mm-hmm. 10 times worse for black women yes. as well. Yes. Like, Hundreds of times worse for black women. At yeah. Least. Mm-hmm. I mean again, those two examples I brought up in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement and these protests these are black women who are on the front lines of these protests mm. and they're being treated like this by black men, mm. right? They're not even being treated like this by white cops. They're mm-hmm. being treated like this by black men who they're shielding from these white cops. Mm. That's, do you know, do you guys not understand what a kick in the snatch that is? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you guys in terms of you specifically here, but just you guys in general who might be listening to this and thinking, wow, this black woman's angry. How dare she be so angry? We deserve I bet she to be angry. I, I can tell you there is some ashy yes i called you ashy listening to this right now who's like i bet she doesn't have a man and that's why she's so angry (laughs) wrong number one number two i'm angry because you exist 
do better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yelling all over the mic today. But look, I really feel strongly about this. Mm. Now is not the time for your weak energy. Mm-hmm. Do better, get better, elevate. And I mean, it's like that old T-shirt used to say, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Yeah, for sure. And right now, there seems to be a certain contingent of, of people, not just black men, but people in general, who feel bound and determined to stand in the way. Get out of the way. I'll stop yelling now, but yeah. I mean, just don't bring up the name again. J. Cole is not canceled, but he's a little bitch. <laughs> he's <laughs> we got this Lil, close. Yeah. Lil Pump, Lil Peep, and Lil Bitch. Anyway. <laughs> oh. Brendan's got a, a thinking face on. Mm-hmm. I think what J. Cole did was wrong. Okay. I think it was a missed opportunity to really speak to black men. It's interesting that J. Cole is seen as the the more conscious among mainstream rappers, and Lil Baby, the trap rapper, produced largely a better song than him, really aimed at the issue at hand. I may have told you before, maybe it wasn't you, but there's there's kind of conflicting ideologies in real life, and obviously that manifests itself on, on the internet about men needing to step up but on the other side of it, allowing men to be vulnerable. And this doesn't have anything to do with that because this is, this is a very different I, I, different thing. But I think that conversation is important. Um, and I thought about that a, I thought about that a little bit when I heard this song. Mm. I really wish he would have he done a better job to maybe start that conversation and maybe because it's the conversation that he started, is not what we need at all. Maybe that's a, a conversation for another day because we have a lot more to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I, those are my overall thoughts about it. I I agree with you, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah. It, what else, yeah. There's, I mean, you, there's nothing else I can really say about that. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. You want to move on to more problematic black men? Well, I think that J. Cole probably wins the prize today, so bring it on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. 2020. After everything that's happened, who knows what's going to come tomorrow? Like I said, yeah, mm-hmm. the Nazgul will ride. The One Ring will have been found. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time I've said that. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just looking just the time. Oh, sorry. Okay, and go ahead. Mm-hmm. Editing. And, oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Okay. Dave, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle. Mm. Dave Chappelle... 8.46. So you both have seen this, yes or no? Yeah. Okay. What are your overall thoughts? Do you guys have any? Should I, I go first? Or? Go ahead. The first thing I noticed was his uh, his see-through muscle shirt. <laughs> I didn't notice <laughs> so, that. Are you serious? I didn't notice that either. Let's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like completely see-through, but it had a kind of, it was a very thin shirt. So you can kind of see like the skin underneath a little bit. Like, really? What you got? And 4K he was, TV? And like, he was like kind of like hawking out like, you know, Dr. Dre now. Like he has that kind of Oh wow. That okay. Dr. Dre body. I, I didn't notice. You know, it's it's very different from his mm-hmm. usual gear that he mm-hmm. used to wear, you mm-hmm. know, in the old stand-ups and like the prison jumpsuit from from oh, last yeah. year. Okay. This is a this is a different step. Mm-hmm. And every year he kind of slips closer to that Louis Armstrong voice with the with the cigarettes he smokes. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm I'm Dave now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he had very few jokes this time. Uh, he stumbled at the beginning of this, and that shows just how passionate and raw this was compared to his other shows, where he's a lot sharper. Um, he even brought notes with him and referred to them throughout the show, which he's he's never done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Dave said that he's not trying to speak over people in the streets. 
He said he's comfortable being in the back seat, which is thank you. Because um, he's not Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah. And he's acknowledged that, you know? Yeah. He feels like it feels like he's finally accepted his slightly out of date kind of uncle mm-hmm. position in in, in, mm-hmm. in black culture. And I uh he dropped some jewels. Uh I like the 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 parallel with, with Chris Donor. I don't mm-hmm. remember his circumstance, but I remember what he did. Mm-hmm. Um it was a fascinating story, uh asking why why it's okay for cops to unleash hell when someone injures or kills their own, but black people shouldn't go overboard. Right. Mm-hmm. That was great. My problem, I don't know if you all caught this or not, mm-hmm. as women, maybe you did. His choice for levity to the seriousness of the show was misogyny. And mm-hmm. what do you say about George Floyd? I don't care what he did. He didn't deserve to be killed that way. He said, I don't care if he kicked Candace Owens in her stanky mm-hmm. pussy. Mm-hmm. And he, he reiterated again, Candace Owens, that rotten bitch. Mm-hmm. Lauren Ingram is... Mm-hmm. A cunt. Mm-hmm. Um, this bitch told my friend, shut up and dribble. Now, they're not great people, and I'm not defending them, mm-hmm. but when he described George Zimmerman, mm-hmm. who has who killed a black child, mm-hmm. signed Skittles mm-hmm. for white supremacists, mm-hmm. and sold his gun for, mm-hmm. for obscene amount of money, mm-hmm. just called him an awful human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate George Zimmerman mm-hmm. as an idea. Not yeah. the man. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, he, I'm like, but I noticed he that. outright hates uh, all the women he mentioned. You're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dylan, Dylan uh, Roof. Um, so yeah, I was sitting there like, man, you're dropping these these jewels, but but yeah, mm-hmm. it just it is it is. Why did these women get extra venom? It just mm-hmm. kind of soured soured that at for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, like I said before, Steve Harvey. Or sorry, not Steve Harvey. <laughs> Dave Chappelle is the Steve Harvey of millennials, so I don't expect him to be particularly. Sanguine when it comes to issues of gender, and of, I kind of expect a certain level of misogyny from him, just because that's where he rests at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I definitely noticed it, but I, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like the jewels were definitely jewels. Yes. So I mean, and I appreciated his transparency and just yes. the fact that he spoke out about it and then said he doesn't need to say anything else about it. He knows how to take a seat. This is what he thinks is Dave Chappelle, and now he's going to let people do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're going to have to wrap up the show. We kind of went over time. Hopefully, we can reconvene and talk about this a little bit more mm-hmm. next time. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Again, we are Blurred Up. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on t- Instagram at B-L-E-R-D-P-R-U-P. And we are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Thanks, Marquita and Mel, for coming through. Sorry to Gilbert in South Africa. We were going to ask your question. But oh. um, you know what? Let's get let's give him a taste. Mm-hmm. He, he asked, what anime recommendations do you guys have? And what we're talking about is show... On Netflix called what's it called? Keep on the Wonder Beast. But that's it's not so really good. Anime, it? I I don't. It's it's, it's, it's kind of in the same vein yeah. as animation. Avatar. Yeah. It's animation. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll get more into that a little bit later next time. But we we, we did answer your question, and we <laughs> badly. <laughs> Sorry. We'll get Sorry, back to Gilbert. it. <laughs> we won't forget. I promise. Next time. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. Peace. Peace. Bye.